Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, you probably heard the discussion. Uh, if you were watching the Premier's press conference on, uh, what was it, Tuesday? Yeah, I guess it was Tuesday. Uh, you definitely heard it, where he was asked about um, how he felt about being invited to tour some ICUs in our province. Get a first-hand look at what's going on inside Alberta hospitals and how that might benefit him. And he said, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's open to that. He's open to doing that, but he doesn't want to turn things into a photo op. Well, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to tell anybody he's going. And if he doesn't want media there, the media won't be there, and, and he can do his tour. So it doesn't have to be a photo op. But um, uh, one of the people behind this invitation is Dr. Paul Parks, who is um, the head of emergency medicine for the Alberta Medical Association. He joins us now. Uh, Dr. Parks, nice to chat again. How are you? Good, good. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so... Why did you guys decide to offer this invitation? What was the thinking in terms of, uh, let's see if we can't get the Premier and the Health Minister into a hospital ICU? Well, I think the most obvious thing for us was the ongoing disconnect between, you know, the policy and what was happening outside the hospital world uh, and what we were seeing on the front lines uh, every day in our in our hospitals, so in our emerge, in our wards, and on our, in our ICUs. And, um, you know, there was a, it was, some cognitive dissonance there for all these like my nurse colleagues everyone working so hard and seeing how how uh kind of suboptimal and disastrous our care had become uh you know we realized that maybe maybe the minister of health and the premier don't actually uh understand exactly what what kind of heroic effort efforts and and what kind of suboptimal kind of care we have to we've had to do in order to make this surge capacity so of course seeing is believing and uh, we strongly believe that if if they could see what was happening in the hospitals, uh, they might have a better understanding when they're making their policy. Yeah, and I think sort of it's not just the premier and the health minister. I think for a lot of us in the public, we hear we hear them stand up and say our ICUs are at eighty four percent capacity or eighty five percent, whatever the case may be today, and we kind of think, oh, okay, well we've still got fifteen percent capacity, so we've got a little bit of room to move here. Um, but without knowing how we got there and the extraordinary measures, is that the disconnect that you're talking about? Oh yeah, 100%. In fact, one of the things we had to say to AHS leads is stop stop uh, you know reporting the percentage as a, as a base of what our 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 surge capacity is. To be truthful with you right now, we're at 180% ICU. So what that means and what what's very hard for Albertans to understand is we have we have patients that now are in like basement basements of our hospital that are ICU patients that have been basically jammed into a corner because that's the only space we have and and we have uh, you know MacGyvered jury-rigged kind of baby monitors so the nurses can keep an eye on them because we don't have appropriate ICU type monitoring as examples so like we're talking about we're doing the absolute best we can but there's no way that it is even close to what our normal ICU care is 
Um, and, you know, even just having the premier and having people come in and see that we have in rooms that are designed for one ICU patient, we have two ICU patients and the nurses are taking care of four or five at a time instead of one at a time. Like it, the the efforts have been extraordinary and we're doing our best, but it, it's wearing everybody out. And and it's not the kind of care that I think Albertans think they're going to get when mm-hmm. they when they come into the hospitals. Speaking of that disconnect, uh, beyond the premier and the health minister who who may well benefit from a tour of the IC, what about like the AHS officials, like Dr. Yu who stands up and, and gives us the numbers, or Dr. Hinshaw, the people that are reporting the numbers that you're saying, you know what, they don't paint an accurate picture. Are you seeing some of the people in charge um, actually down there getting a first-hand look at what's going on? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think the people within our AHS leadership are seeing and, and looking in our operational leads and so in discussing with them too, um, we, you know, we're kind of discussing, so I'll tell you very, very frankly, there's a balance between what we put out there in terms of we do not want to scare sick people away from coming to a sure. My Emerge department, for example, but on the other side, they need to understand. And so, you know, a good example is we had a dialogue about, you know, starting to report how many scheduled surgeries are canceled. Like, you know, people might think it's, you know, hundreds or a couple here or there every day. Like the fact that we're approaching 10,000 canceled scheduled surgeries uh, that affects non-COVID people too. So they, you know that, that it's really important that that Albertans understand that we're doing our best and we're still we're still caring for Albertans. But our system is so compromised in the healthcare system now that if it continues to get worse, it, it could collapse and it could mean that we we can't we can't save the life of that next sick person that comes in and and none of us want to get there. Um- I'm just taking a look at the way the numbers have been reported and rolled out over the last week or so, it seems, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. I'm just wondering how you feel about it. It looks like our cases are dropping, our positivity is dropping. There's a little bit of an easing on the healthcare system. Do you think we're getting to a point where things are starting to bend in the other direction now? Well, so we're hopeful and we all want it to yeah. be that way. So, the you know, the proof will be how we weather the next kind of week, how we weather Thanksgiving with huge... Uh, you know, family gatherings and groups uh, gathering. Uh, but also the one thing that um, does worry a lot of us now is, and we have to be really aware of this, is that once the weather turns on us, uh, as we know Alberta will, and it gets cold and people mm-hmm. spend more time inside, those respiratory viruses, uh, the normal pattern when they're not crazy, insane, infectious as COVID is, it, it, they spread easier in the winter when people are indoors and and so there's a real worry that we're going to get. We haven't seen that kind of seasonal bump on top of things. So yeah. we all we want it to get better. Honestly, we all want. We hope that you know the measures and the things that people are out there doing are helping. Um, but we're just worried that it may be too little. Yeah. So don't get ahead of ourselves. I mean, we're seeing some positive indicators, but it's really early, and we've got a long way to go yet. No, absolutely. And just another reminder is. Once that wave peaks there, we still probably have two, three weeks yep. of catch up where where more and more sick come, right? So, Well, that's the thing. Um, Even as we're seeing cases uh, start to taper off slightly now, we're seeing deaths go up dramatically, you know, with 26 being reported yesterday and the day before that. Yeah, you know, and that's the saddest thing that I'll say why why we're being so vocal and advocating about this. I'll tell people that right everybody out there should understand one of the only reasons we haven't been pushed over the cliff is because so many are dying. Like we're talking, you know, a Humboldt bus crash every single day are dying of COVID now. This is going to affect everybody. It, it's, it's, an, it's un, you know, it's unfathomable how many how lives in Alberta are going to be touched by this because of how many deaths we're having. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a tough situation, and, and like you like you say, we're all optimistic that we're coming to the end of this. But fingers crossed, Doc. Thanks so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it.
Thanks for continuing to report on this. And definitely, everybody out there, if you're not vaccinated, please, please go get vaccinated. That'll help huge. You bet. Okay, thanks. thanks. Dr. Paul Parks, who is the head of emergency medicine for Alberta's for the Alberta Medical Association. And, I, you know, I think that would be a useful exercise because I'll admit to myself, you know, when, when Dr. Yu stands up and says, hey, our ICU is at 87% capacity, I'm like, okay, all right, we, you know, that's not good. I understand that's not good. We, But, you know, we're not completely maxed out. But the reality is... It's 180% of our typical ICU capacity. So when you're talking about 87% of this surge capacity, that means pulling out all the stops, doing everything you can. And as he said, you know, beds in the basement and baby monitors, keeping an eye on patients and things like that. It's not what we would typically equate with ICU care. Far, far from it. So we'll see. Will the Premier and the Health Minister take up the AMA on the invitation to tour ICU wards? I don't know.